Good morning. My name is A.W. Ward. And I want to personally thank each and every one of you for tuning in to our services on this morning. We are certainly living in very trying times, times in which we are forced to separate physically. Nevertheless, we should always strive to be together in unity. And so I want to encourage you to really open up your hearts and minds and receive with meekness this word this morning that is able to save our very souls. We're going to look deep within God's word and ask a very serious question of ourselves. Can our faith withstand the fire? Can our faith withstand the fire? This is the series that we're going to deal with and it will be over the course of four weeks and so we ask that you continue to tune in each and every week and be encouraged be equipped and be enlightened by the Word of God now without further ado listen to the Word of God we're thankful and blessed that we have this opportunity to assemble ourselves here together on uh, this morning. As I had said earlier, I, uh, I had to wind up going to the emergency room on yesterday and uh, I had a major foot issue that I've been dealing with and so uh, y'all don't mind, I'm going to sit down this morning. I've been up most of the night. <clears throat> but nevertheless, we're thankful to be here uh, this morning. We're happy to see each and every one of you that are present with us on this morning. I'm so happy to see my little friend uh, with us uh, this morning. And we're just so happy to have all of you that are present with us this morning. We want you to want you to know that uh, we're thankful that you are here, and we hope and pray that something might be said as a source of encouragement uh, and as a uh, source of instruction to all of our hearts. Uh, because truly, you know, uh, time is not waiting on anybody. Uh, Brother Sam told us this morning that they had seven repasses this weekend up here at the wreck. Seven. Uh, and when you consider that uh, most people that have some type of religious affiliation would have services at their own buildings, we know it was a lot more than seven people passed this weekend, at the funeral this weekend. It was just seven and have nowhere to go. And just think about that for a second. People with nowhere to go. That's a sad commentary. That's a very sad commentary. And, and then when you consider that most people that are leaving this world are leaving on the outside of the ark of safety. They're leaving, they're dying outside of Christ. They don't even know anything about obeying the gospel. Never even heard anything about obedience to the gospel. And then the few that was privileged to hear it, 
they didn't have the good sense to obey it in many cases. And so we have a lot to be thankful for, uh, church, when we come together, not only, not only for our life, our health, and, and our strength, whatever it may be, but the fact that we were privileged to hear the truth, and then we had the good sense to obey it. That's, I mean, that's a mouthful, church. And it's something that we should never take for granted. Because believe me, it is people all around us that do, know, that do not know Christ in the pardoning of their sins. And they are leaving here in a hurry. Uh, and yet, they are not prepared to die. And, and so let us, let us continue to try to be as faithful as we can. Let us continue to try to encourage as many people as we can uh, to come out to be a part of the services because they need to hear what's being said. They truly do. Uh, way more than they realize. And so let's, let's not become discouraged because it can be discouraging when you're constantly in, inviting people to come and people tell you, look you in your face. I'll be there. And then Sunday rolled around, you know, nowhere to be found. And so certainly that can be discouraging, but uh, listen, we, we, have to, we have to keep fighting, keep striving. Well, this morning, this morning, uh, we are privileged by the Lord with a brand new series uh, that will be entitled... Can your faith withstand the fire? Can your faith withstand the fire? We're taking a text from the book of Daniel. The chapter is 3 and noticing verses 1 to verse number 6. Daniel, the chapter is 3 and noticing verses 1 to verse number 6. Well, the Bible reads... King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide and set it up in the plain of Dura in the providence of Babylon. Then he sent messages to the high officers, officials, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the uh, provincial officials to come to the dedication of the statue he had set up. So all these officials came and stood before the statue of King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald shouted out, People of all races and nations and language, listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, and the zither, lyre and the harp and the pipes and other musical instruments bow to the ground to worship King Nebuchadnezzar, gold statue. Anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. During the course of this series, we want to look at four major points. Number one, the trouble 
Number two, the trust. Thirdly, the testimony. And fourth, the triumph. Now, our text today examines King Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, who constructed a huge gold statue to represent the greatness of both his kingship and the kingdom of Babylon. His purpose was to rally the people around this symbol in order to demonstrate his own personal power as well as create unity within his empire. He demanded that the people commit their loyalty to him and his empire. Now, you can imagine this caused serious problems for those who trusted in God. However, just 20 years earlier, he had made a confession of faith in God. Now, many people don't even realize this. Just 20 years earlier, this same king had made a public confession of faith in God. But just as James once said, faith without works is dead being alone. This is a clear example of why God does not accept a confession of faith or a sinner's prayer for the purpose of salvation. God does not accept that. There is no such thing as that. Church, listen, we must obey God, which requires action on our part, not just some public statement in a building somewhere. It's more than that. Now, let's look at the king's confession. In Daniel chapter 2, let's notice verses 46 and verse 47. The Bible says, Then King Nebuchadnezzar threw himself down before Daniel and worshipped him. And he commanded his people to offer sacrifices and burn sweet incense before him. Now, in your leisure, I want you to go back and, and read the full context because this was when the king had this disturbing dream for those of you that study the Bible. And of course, no one could interpret the dream for him. And so he summoned for Daniel and Daniel came and he interpreted the dream. And when he did this, the king was so enthused, he was, he was so excited that he bowed before Daniel. And the Bible says he worshipped Daniel. Y'all see that? And the Bible says that he commanded even his own people, the people there in Babylon, to offer sacrifices and burn sweet incense before him. The king said to Daniel, truly, your God is the greatest of gods. Look at that. The Lord over kings, a revealer of mysteries, for you have been able to reveal this secret. You see, the king got excited. The king wanted to know an understanding of what his dream was. And when Daniel was able to interpret his dream, this man made a confession of faith 
publicly about God. Do everybody see that? And yet, he still wasn't converted to God. Notice what James says in James 2, verse 14 and verse 17. James says this. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Verse 17. So you see, faith by itself is not enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Does everybody see that? Church, listen. It is important for us to realize that just because a person is convinced in their head, it doesn't mean they are converted in their heart. There had been a 20-year interval between our text and King Nebuchadnezzar's confession that Jehovah was the great God, Daniel 2, 46, 47. But he didn't mean it. Nebuchadnezzar's heart hadn't changed at all. Church, think about this. Even though he had made a confession of faith, he hadn't converted to faith in God. Does everybody get that? He had made a confession of faith, but he had not converted to faith in God. Church, listen. Admitting that God is a great God, but not allowing this truth to really penetrate our hearts has made us, I should have said, less than. It says not quite equal with but actually is less than the devil because they even tremble. Did y'all hear me this morning? It's less than just simply making a confession is actually less than. Think about that for a second. The devils. If that's all we done did, you haven't even reached up as high as the devils in hell. Now that's pretty sad. Listen to what James said. James 2, 18. James says this. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show ye my faith by my works. Look what he says. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. Look what the book says. The devil also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith with thy works is dead? Amen. So you see, a public confession within itself doesn't even come up to the standard of the devil. But just think about that for a second. That's below Satan. That's pretty low. Nebuchadnezzar had praised Daniel and his God, but he did not repent of his sins and trust God enough to obey him and allow God to become his God. Sadly, this ungodly mindset has stood the very test of time. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 15 and verse 89. 
Christ talking. He says, these people say they honor me, but their hearts are far from me. They're far away. Their worship, listen to Jesus, their worship is worthless for their teach their man-made laws instead of what God has said. Does everybody see that? Listen to what else he says in the Message Bible because I want us to see it very clearly. The Message translation said, these people make a big show of saying the right thing, but their heart isn't in it. They act like they're worshiping me, but they don't mean it. They just use me as a cover for teaching whatsoever suits their fancy. Isn't that something? So that's why it's good to look at other translations of Scripture because it really sometimes brings some things out even more poignant than perhaps you got when you read it just from the King James. Now, the trouble. But Nebuchadnezzar demanded that all officials in his empire fall down before the golden image and worship it. He was demanding a public display of recognition and submission to his absolute authority in his kingdom. We must not forget that the statue which the king so arrogantly made represented himself as an expression of his greatness and glory. Now this is a man that confessed faith in God now. Keep that in mind. It reflected the dream which he had where Daniel said to him, Thou art this head of gold. That's chapter 2, verse number 38. You know, we got to be very careful not to get the big head. From this, we can clearly see what happens when ungodliness rules the human heart. We will seek to glorify ourselves rather than God. Now again, I'm emphasizing, this is somebody that made a confession of faith in God. He announced God to be the God of gods and a God over all the kings. Yet this same man now has built his own golden image. And this golden image represents now his own personal deity. The fact that the officials were commanded, church, not only to fall down before the image, but also to worship it, this indicates that the image had both religious as well as political significance. Remember, Nebuchadnezzar was not honoring one of the many idol gods of Babylon, but rather he purposed to establish a unified empire of which he would be recognized as having all political and religious authority over everyone. Do you see that? Church, listen. Failure to comply to the command of worshiping the image was penalized, notice, by certain death 
of the fiery furnace. The severity of the penalty indicates that submission on the part of every official was absolutely mandatory. It is important for us to recognize that if we don't have to go looking for trouble, y'all hear me this morning, we got to recognize you ain't got to go looking for trouble. Why is that? Trouble will come and find you. The question is, can your faith stand the fire? In the book of Acts, chapter 5, notice verses 28 and 29. The Bible says this. This is when Peter and the other apostles kept preaching in the name of Jesus. They were rebuked for it. Listen to what the religious leaders, the religious leaders, I'm emphasizing, the religious leaders had to say. Now, when you go back in your leisure, read the verses above it, and you will see this is not the politicians. This is not the so-called world. This is the so-called God's people. The religious leaders said to Peter and the other apostles, didn't we tell you never again to preach about this Jesus? The high priest demanded. You see, I was making it up. And instead, you have filled all Jerusalem with your teaching and intended to bring the blame for this man's death on us. Guess what? It was on you. It was the religious leaders that were yelling, crucify him, crucify him. It was the religious leaders that was blackmailing Pilate. You better crucify him or we will tell Caesar you are no friend of Caesar. They blackmailed These same people now, they want to holler about, wait a minute, don't blame us. Who else is to blame? It is you that stirred up the people and it is you that declared Jesus must be crucified. These are the religious leaders of the Israelite people. As I said, this wasn't the so-called world. This was not the so-called political people. These were so-called God's people. Church, listen. Listen, listen to what Listen to what Peter says. But Peter and the apostles replied, We must obey God rather than man. And you see, that has to be our heart. It has to be our mindset. We must obey God. Church, listen. No one can escape the fiery trials of this life. None of us can escape the, the troubles or problems of life. Every one of us experience adversity and affliction and anguish, distress and grief and hardship and sorrow and unhappiness and misfortune and pain sooner or later. Every one of us. Listen to what Peter says. First Peter 4, 12. Peter says this. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange 
were happening to you. Peter says, but rejoice that you participate in the suffering of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. Peter said, don't be surprised about the stuff you're going through. Stuff, the problem that you're having on your jobs, the problems you're having in your families, the problems you may be having in your very in marriages, the problems you're having in school, the problems you're having with your health. Whatever the problem may be, whatever the issue may be, don't be surprised. We got to expect it. We got to understand these are things. Let's look at it this way. These are the growing pains of life. There's always going to be there. It's not going anywhere. Okay? Yes, all of us will eventually face hard times. This is why we need to take advantage, church, of every opportunity to build our faith during the sunny days of life. Did y'all hear me this morning? We got to take advantage of every opportunity to build our faith in those few days when things are going our, our way. It won't be but a few of them now. Most days, that won't happen. But when those few days come, we got to take advantage of them because the rain is surely coming. Amen. It is urgently important, church, for us to clearly understand that the opportunities that God allows us to build our faith are also opportunities to test our faith. Did y'all hear me this morning? Amen. The opportunities that God allows us to build our faith mm -hmm. are at the same time opportunities to test our faith. Faith. Amen. We need to take advantage of the opportunities that this life affords us. Because remember again, you don't have to go looking for trouble. It comes looking for you. Never forget, church, life struggles don't define who we are in Christ. But they will reveal who we are in Christ, just as it did with Christ himself. We got to remember that, church, that the struggles that we go through in life, the issues that we face in this life, they do not, they do not define who we are. But they most certainly reveal who we are. You see, any, anybody can praise God in the sunshine. Yeah. But where are you in the rain? Where are you in the storms of life? Where are you in, in the, when the issues of life is coming hard on you? Where are you when you got health issues? Amen, somebody. When you got problems that the doctors don't have an answer for. And all you have is God. Where's your faith in? You see, as long as you got good health, you got money in your pocket, amen, you're able to go where you want, do what you want, you know, that's one thing. But what do you do when there is no gas in the car? What do you do 
when there's not enough money to, to pay for the groceries? What do you do when you're not sure how you're going to make this month's bill? What do you do? What do you do when your children are not acting right? What do you do when your spouse is not acting right? What do you do when you're minding your own bullet or your own, your own business and bullets are zooming by you? What do you do? Church, all these things I just said are a reality. And you ain't got to leave Monroe to find them. These are realities right here in Monroe currently. You see, it's these tough days that reveal who we really are. Amen. Listen to what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 4, showing Christ as an example. Bible says, next Jesus, and I want you to know this very carefully. Bible says this. This is after Christ had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Next Jesus, now notice, was taken into the wild, notice, by the Spirit for the test. Does everybody see this? I don't mind to miss this. Christ was at his lowest point, and this is the time that he was tested. It wasn't when he was strong. It wasn't when he was belly was filled. It was at his greatest weakness. That's why I said earlier that the opportunities that life brings that God allowed to build our faith are also the same opportunities to test our faith. That's why I said that. Now notice now, the Spirit brings Christ into the wilderness for the test. Now, know what the Bible says. The devil was ready to give it. Y'all see that? The Spirit brought Christ for the test, and the devil was not an unprepared teacher. Some of us remember when we was in school, our teachers sometimes may not have been prepared fully. But the devil is a prepared teacher. He was brought for the test and the Bible says the devil was ready to give the test. Do we see that? But now notice this. Jesus was also prepared for the test. So you see, we have the spirit presenting an opportunity. We see the devil prepared to deal. But we also see Jesus. Jesus is prepared for the test he was about to face. Church, it is very crucial that we see this. This, remember, these things that we're reading right now are the same things that are happening to us in our lives. We are being tested. The Spirit is bringing opportunities. Remember we read before opportunities for growth and development? That's what these are. Growth in our faith, development in our faith. The Spirit is bringing about these opportunities to grow. Satan is there to point a finger and say, now you watch him. You watch him. When the heat is on, as he said about Job, remember what he said about Job? God said, hey, you consider my servant Job. Satan said, oh, you got a hedge around him. You move that hedge around him, he will curse you to your face. 
The same thing is being said about you and I. The question is, are we passing or are we failing? When trouble comes, do we go to cussing? Amen, somebody. When trouble comes, do we go to cussing? Because that's what Satan said he was going to do. So if you go to cussing when trouble comes, you did exactly what Satan said you was going to do. So guess what? He was right. Amen. He won. Jesus was prepared for the test, church. Now notice what prepared him. Now this is interesting. Look at this. He was prepared by fasting 40 days and 40 nights. That's why I said that trouble do not define us. It reveals us. That's why I said that. Does everybody see that? It's based on the scriptures. That's why I can clearly say the struggles of life, they don't define us, but they will reveal. Jesus had struggled and was hungry 40 days and 40 nights, and the Bible says it was based upon this. He was at a point of preparation for the test. Does anybody see that? That left him, of course, in a state of extreme hunger, which the devil noticed. What did the devil do? He took advantage of this. That's the same thing he does with us, sir. He catches us in those moments of weakness. He catches us in those moments of uncertainty. And he says, okay, you was feeling good yesterday. Praise God. Now you don't know how you're going to pay for gas. Now what? What you got to say now? Where is the praise God to that? Listen to what Timothy said, what rather Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Paul says this, anyone who wants to live all out for Christ, listen to Paul, is in for a lot of trouble. That's going to, it, look, there's no getting around it. You see what he says? Paul says this, he says, unscrupulous con men. You know, I once heard that being said about a preacher. Unscrupulous con men will continue to exploit, notice what they're exploiting, the faith. I don't like to miss this. Con men are exploiting the faith. When the Bible puts a definite article, the, in front of faith, it's talking about the Lord's church. Nobody make everybody understand. So here you got con men in the Lord's church. We ain't talking about that in the world. In the Lord's church, exploiting the faith. That's the church. Does everybody see that? They're as deceived as the people they lead astray. As long as they're out there, things can only get worse. Church, this is the reason why you've heard me say time and time again, we have to love each other enough to hold each other accountable. That's why. That's why. Because if you don't, we will get worse and worse. That's human nature. Remember, Nebuchadnezzar had just made a confession of faith in God. Look at him now. He has turned from worshiping God to becoming his own God. And he is not an outlier. In other words, that's nothing unusual. 
That's human nature given an opportunity to do what we want to do. Church, listen. It is very important that we clearly understand that confessing Christ involves more than standing up, it rather involves both, standing up for what's right and speaking out against what's wrong. Not just some public statement like Nebuchadnezzar made. List of the scriptures in Matthew 10. We're going to do it twice again. Matthew 10, 33. The Bible says this, Christ says, Whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father, which is in heaven. I look at the same verse again from the message translation. Stand up for me against world opinions, and I'll stand up for you before my Father in heaven. He says, if you turn tail and run, do you think I'll cover for you? Do we see that? See, so confessing me before men means more than that little old confessional statement that's made that lasts about five or six seconds. We're talking about the life's choices that we're making. We're talking about the actions. Church, listen. We must develop a strong and steadfast faith in the Lord. We need to surrender and submit our lives to the Lord, trusting him to deliver us and not ourselves. This is the key to withstanding the fire. Church, listen, because you, we can't depend on ourselves. I mean, literally, you can't depend on anybody and you can't depend on your own self. You will let you down. Do y'all hear what I'm saying here? You will let you down. At least long somebody else letting you down. You will let you down. Amen. Your own body sometimes. Amen. Wake up and have pain for no apparent reason. Amen. Foot swelling up. Tongue swelling up. Ears don't work. Teeth broken our mouths. And trying to figure out who punched me. Who hit me. What happened? You will let you down, church. That's why we got to put our confidence in God. That's why we got to look to God as the author and the finisher of our faith. We can't look to ourselves. You can't look to your good looks. You can't depend on your education. You can't depend on your bank account. You can't depend on your job. You can't depend on you. The only one we can depend on is the Lord. That's it. We don't have anything else. So let's not put too much confidence in no man. I don't care who the man is, from the pulpit to the back door. Our confidence must be in God. The lesson is yours. If we have anyone this morning that have never obeyed the gospel, we hope that you will take advantage of this opportunity to become a Christian this morning. You do so by, first of all, having faith in God, repentance of your sins, confessing Christ to be the Son of God, and be willing to be baptized for the remission of removal of your sins. If you are a member and you have strayed away, church, listen, it's important for us to understand we can be here every Sunday and still strayed away. Are y'all following me? Be here every Sunday, nice dresses and suits and, and everything, and still strayed away. Anytime we harbor any kind of ill will or 
animosity towards one another. If I will do for one, but I won't do for another, I have straight away church. If I show partiality and favoritism and all of that foolishness, I have straight away. And so we have to be very, very mindful of that. If, if you see yourself have, has done this, we're going to ask that you repent. Because the Bible says that confession is what the difference will make in changing our lives as Christians. The Bible says, confess your faults one to another and pray one for you may be here. The effectual firm prayer of the righteous man will avail much. If you're subject to the Savior's invitation, we ask that you let it be known as we together stand and sing.